the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. When Peter denied the Lord, he realized, much to his own shock, that he did not have the level of commitment to Jesus that he thought he had, and he didn't have the level of commitment to Jesus that he, he wanted to have. But here, Jesus reveals to Peter that when he is old, he will once again be placed in that same position. He'll once again be placed in a position where he, where he will have to choose between confessing Jesus and denying Jesus. And the next time, Peter's going to pass the test. In denying Jesus, Peter realized he didn't have the love and commitment he boldly proclaimed he did. He failed Jesus. However, in his mercy, Jesus forgave him. Jesus used Peter and proclaimed that he would definitely stay loyal and true to him. Today, Pastor Dan will challenge you to remember Jesus is faithful. He will get you to the end of your story. So boldly trust Jesus in faith and be confident in his good plan. He'll use all things in your life for your eventual good. Don't hesitate to return to him after failure. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of John chapter 21 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We're going to be in the Gospel of John chapter 21. If you want to turn there in your Bible for me. John chapter 21. Uh, we're also going to look in, uh, in Luke chapter 9. If you want to go ahead and slide your bulletin in your Bible at Luke chapter 9. John 21, Luke chapter 9. We left off in verse 18 of John 21. Where Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke signifying by what death Peter would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, Follow me. Then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper, that's John, and said, Lord, and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, But Lord, what about this man? And Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, What is that to you? You follow me. Then this saying went out among the brethren that this disciple would not die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he would not die, but 
If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. So this is an exciting day for us as a church because we finished the Gospel of John this morning. And I hope through this study you've grown in your understanding of the Bible, and most importantly, you have come to love Jesus more as we've looked at his life and ministry together in the Gospel of John. This final passage of the Gospel of John. And just, just remember, just to remind you of the scene here, uh, this is after the resurrection, of course, and Jesus met with Peter and the other disciples there on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, and he shared breakfast with them, he shared a meal with them, and Jesus had that wonderful conversation with Peter that we looked at. Jesus forgave Peter, he restored Peter, he commissioned Peter into the, the ministry, and now verse 18, where we pick up today, this is a continuation of that same conversation with Peter. And now in verse 18, Jesus addresses Peter's death. He says to Peter, Most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. John tells us in verse 19 that this he spoke, signifying by what death Peter would glorify God. I like how he puts that, that his death would glorify God. And the phrase, you will stretch out your hands, it was a common phrase that meant crucifixion. He's telling Peter that Peter would, would die by crucifixion. He would stretch out his hands on a cross, be put to death by crucifixion. Uh, And we know historically that Peter was crucified in Rome uh, for the name of of Jesus. He was actually crucified upside down on a cross. Uh, When they took him to crucify him, Peter requested to be crucified upside down uh, because he did not believe he deserved to die in the same manner as Jesus. So Jesus essentially says here to Peter uh, you know, when, when you were young, you, you did whatever you wanted to do. But when you are old, when you're an old man, they're going to crucify you. Just as they crucified Jesus. And Peter's death will glorify God. Now, why does Jesus tell him this? Why I think that Jesus told Peter this to encourage Peter. I think he said this as an encouragement to Peter, and, and you may think, well, how in the world is that encouraging to be told that you're going to be crucified and that you're going to be martyred and die for the faith? Well, I don't think that Jesus' point was to tell Peter the method of his death. I, I, I think he's saying this to encourage him because if you remember, Peter bragged that he would never deny Jesus and that he would even die for Jesus. But then Peter failed. Big time. And Peter did deny the Lord. He failed the test. And when Peter denied the Lord, he he realized, much to his own shock, 
that he did not have the level of commitment to Jesus that he thought he had, and he didn't have the level of commitment to Jesus that he, he wanted to have. But here, Jesus reveals to Peter that when he is old, he will once again be placed in that same position. He'll once again be placed in a position where he, where he will have to choose between confessing Jesus and denying Jesus, and the next time, Peter's going to pass the test. Haven't you ever wanted a do-over in your life? Haven't you ever faced something where you thought, if I could just go back, man, if I could have a second chance, I would do that different. I'd get it right. And Jesus is telling Peter here, hey, you're going to have a second chance. You're going to have another opportunity. You're going to have a do-over, and you're not going to deny me again. Peter will remain committed to Jesus even unto death, all the way to the end of his life. He will glorify God in his death. And I think that was an encouragement and a comfort to Peter to know, I'm going to make it. Again, sometimes you wonder, am I going to make it? Am I going to get there? Am I going to reach the finish line? Am, 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 am I going to make it to the end? Am I going to succeed? And Jesus tells Peter here, hey, hey, the next time the heat is on, you're going to be victorious, Peter. You're going to come through it glorifying God. It's not going to be like the last time. You know, in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's a promise to each of us in Christ. God began this work in our lives, and we can be confident, we can be certain that he will complete the work until the day of Jesus Christ. In Hebrews, it says that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Aren't you glad for that? He, he's, he started this relationship with us. He's going to finish this relationship. He, he's going to finish what he started. It says in the Bible that he who called you is faithful and he will do it. He's faithful. And he will do it. He's, he's going to get us there. He's going to get us to the finish line in Christ. Now notice also in verse 18. That Jesus knew the day that Peter would die. And he knew how Peter would die. Our whole future. Is prearranged. By Jesus. Our whole future is prearranged. By Jesus. He knows everything about our lives. He knows every day of your life and my life. He has it all mapped out. It says in the Psalm, Psalm 139, verse 16, listen to what it says You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book, every moment was laid out before a single day. Had passed. Isn't that amazing? That God, He saw us before we were born, before He created us. That every day 
of my life and your life was recorded in his book before our life began. Every moment, it says, was, was laid out, was mapped out before a single day, before we were born. He had it all mapped out already. What about the bad days? What about the tragedies? Yeah, he had it all mapped out. It, it's, it was a surprise to you. It was a surprise to me when those things happened. But he had them on the calendar. It's all mapped out. Every day, every moment, everything. It's all written in his book before they happened. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. I I don't know about you, but I, I find that comforting to know that Jesus has my whole life mapped out. Every moment, every day, every event, it's, it's all written in his book. It's all pre-planned, pre-arranged. None of it's a surprise to him. None of it catches him off guard. That's comforting. That gives us a certain amount of peace, knowing that Jesus has it all mapped out. And knowing also in Romans it says that he works all things together for good in my life. That he's going to use all the things, the good and the bad stuff, for good ultimately in my life to conform me into the image of Jesus, it says in Romans. That's what he uses those things for, to make us more like Jesus. So since every day is written in his book, he has every day mapped out, every moment, every event, he's got it all mapped out, it's all written on the calendar, he's got it all planned out for us, well then what should we do? Well, in verse 19, Jesus tells us what we should do. Look what it says, two words, follow me, follow me. That's simple enough, isn't it? All we need to do is keep our eyes on Jesus and follow him. He's the man with the plan. He's got the calendar. So we just need to follow him. How can you mess that up? <laughs> but we can. Peter messes it up. Look at, look at what Peter does in verse 20. Well, then Peter, turning around, saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following, who also had leaned on his breast at the supper, that's John, and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? And Peter, seeing John, said to Jesus, but Lord, well, what about this man? <laughs> so evidently, Jesus began walking. You know, they're on the shore of the Sea of Galilee there. It's early in the morning. They've had the breakfast by the fire. Jesus began walking, and the disciples followed him. Literally, they're following him. And then we're told that Peter turned around, saw John, and said, But Lord, 
What about him? What's going to happen to John? Peter, you follow me. What about John? Now, let me suggest to you that perhaps John and Peter had kind of a competitive relationship. Uh, If you remember just back a few chapters on the resurrection morning, uh, Peter and John heard the tomb was empty. They both started running towards the tomb. And John tells us he got there first. He writes that down for all eternity so that we'll know that he won the race. Even earlier in chapter 21, when Jesus is standing on the shore and the, the disciples are out in the boat fishing and Jesus yells to him and says, hey, kids, you catch anything? Tells them to lower the net on the other side of the boat and they catch all the fish. It's John who recognizes that it's the Lord. He's the one who said, it's the Lord. And John wrote that down for us. That we would know that he's the one who first recognized it was Jesus and it wasn't Peter. And so it just seems uh, that they had some kind of competition uh, in in their relationship. And, And that comes out here where now Peter says, but what about him? What about John? What's going to happen to John? I I, I want you to see what happens here. Peter was just forgiven by Jesus. Just restored. Just commissioned into the ministry. Just moments before this. Not to mention, he was physically with Jesus. Jesus is there. Physically. And what happened? Peter's flesh came out. In that moment, with Jesus there, Peter's flesh came out. He took his eyes off of Jesus, he put his eyes on John, and out came the flesh. Out came the old Simon. Man, don't you hate the flesh? Don't you hate the sin nature? That remains in all of us. Have, have you noticed that your flesh is always right below the surface, ready to come out at any moment? Even at a spiritual moment, the flesh can come out. I mean, one moment you can have your eyes fixed on Jesus and everything is good. And the next moment you take your eyes off of Jesus, you start looking around at other people, you start looking around at your circumstances and the flesh comes out. Jealousy, envy, anger, bitterness. I mean, you, you, you come to church, you come in, you're hugging people in the lobby, you know, you come into here and you're singing songs to Jesus, you're raising your hands during worship, you're taking notes during the Bible study, you're fellowshipping with people afterwards, and some Sundays, the flesh comes out before you get to your car in the parking lot. You know? You don't even make it out of the parking lot. And the old man comes out. Our sin nature is always right there below the surface. Just looking for an opportunity to come out. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. And we need to follow him. Not looking around at others like Peter did. Not looking at our circumstances. But looking unto Jesus. You know, Corey Ten Boom put it this way. Look around and be distressed. Look within and be depressed. Look to Jesus and be at rest. 
And that's so true. In Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3, it says of God, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. He will keep you in perfect peace if you keep your mind fixed on him. Set your mind on things above, right? Where Christ is. Not on the things of this earth. If you keep your mind fixed on him, he will keep you in perfect peace. He'll give you rest. He'll give you the peace of God. You take your eyes off of Jesus and that's when the trouble starts. That's when the flesh comes out. Jesus told Peter, follow me. But notice in verse 20, Peter turned around, it says. He turned around to look at John. And once he turned around to look at John, he was no longer looking at Jesus. You know, I'm, I'm looking at you now, but if I, if I turn around to look at the cross, I'm not looking at you anymore. And, and if I turn around, I can't see you. And once Peter turned around, he couldn't see Jesus. And if you can't see Jesus, you can't follow Jesus. And when we get our eyes at Jesus and we start, we start looking around or looking at other people or looking at our circumstances, you can't follow Jesus. I, I can't be turning around looking at something else and looking at Jesus at the same time. You can't, you can't do both at the same time. You're looking at one or the other. And sometimes, some people will take their eyes off of Jesus and get so focused on their problems or so focused on their circumstances or so focused on that other person and what they're doing, they don't see where Jesus is at all. They've lost, they've lost track of Jesus. And you know what that's like. You've talked to people. And you talk to them and all, they're consumed with their circumstances or they're consumed with that other person. Jesus is nowhere to be found in that. And you can tell from talking to them that they have their eyes completely focused on whatever is going on that is, that is bothering them. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Now look at Jesus' response in verse 22. Jesus said to him, If I will that he remain till I come, what is that to you? You Follow me. Jesus said, if I want him to live until the rapture of the church, that's none of your concern. (laughs) You don't worry about that. Now this, this reminds us that Jesus is coming back again for his church, to take his church to heaven. He's coming again. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go prepare a place for you, I will come again to receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He's coming again. The Bible teaches that the return of Jesus Christ for the church is imminent. The disciples believed his return for the church was imminent. Imminence means that Jesus could come for his church at any moment. He could come for his church today. Wouldn't that be great, right? me how I know and I say bring truer than the finest crystal
You've been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton at Ring of Truth. If you missed any part of today's message or would like to hear more from this series in the Gospel of John, you can do so right now at calvaryec.com. Just click on Media. There you'll have access to our entire library of Pastor Dan's messages. You're welcome to listen to online and download for free to share with friends and family. That website one more time is calvaryec.com. Before we close our time with you, we'd like to ask you something. Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please, pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Thank you for taking the time to pray. How can we be praying for you during this study in John? We'd be honored to do that. Please contact us at 410-491-4592. That's 410-491-4592. We'd like to meet you, too. Join us at Calvary Chapel this Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. We're located in Columbia, Maryland, and you can find all the information you need at calvaryec.com. That's all we have time for today. Feel free to read ahead in John before joining Pastor Dan next time, right here on Ring of Truth. Reach to